Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys go over some factors that affect interest rates, what make them go up, and what make them come down. All while enjoying Smoke Wagon, Bottled and Bond, Straight Rye Whiskey. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. My name is Charlie Sardelli, and I'm here with... Jameson Amaros with Fathom Realty. Oscar Ibarra, also with Fathom Realty. What, who would have known? We're all with Fathom Realty. Looky, Charlie, are you looky. with Fathom Realty? I am also with Fathom wow. Realty. And we are collectively what? The Mile High Perspective. That's the right. Mile High Perspective. And I don't think we've ever disclosed who we worked for. No? Well, early well, on. In the, in the early I think early on we did. Yeah. yeah well, on. early on, I wasn't with Fathom. True. True. I was, true. I was still, but I had a real estate firm. We're all part of the game. And thank you guys for coming back to what Jameson coined as the blackjack episode number 21 baby episode 21 so you know it's going to be a good one you know it's, it's going to be hot and heavy as always um, it's going to be a bit confusing uh, i'm not well, going to lie even for us we're like <laughs> but does it go up and down because of this or yep. because of that so with that said what are we talking about we are going to try our best as three plainly members of the united states to describe to you factors that influence interest rates because we know you guys are seeing titles pop up and, and news articles like these ones here. And it's scary, right? You don't know what to think. What's going on? Should I buy now? Should I not buy now? And we've talked about this before. But again, we want to bring you guys some peace and, and give you the opportunity to understand a little bit better why interest rates go from you know maybe a 3% to a 7% down to a 6%. What does it mean over two months? Whatever it is. So, And if you don't know about it, it's very confusing. You don't know why it does that, right? But luckily, with this episode... As a collective, I hope we, we can either confuse you further or <laughs> bring some clarity. I think we're going to do a good job. I think we're going to do a good job. Yeah, we're going to try. We're yeah. going to try. Reaganomics, but, baby. We're talking about what, Reaganomics. Uh, <laughs> Make sure, you guys, hit us up on YouTube. Yep. Like, subscribe, follow, comment. Mm -hmm. The Mile High Perspective, that is where we're at. That's where you can find us. Yep. And uh, thank you guys so much. We just crossed 40 subscribers. Yep. Like that, that awesome. is awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, man. Yeah, 41 people are like, these guys are eh. Okay, right. they're good. We got yeah, some cool. We'll follow. We'll right. see what they're doing. I'm drunk on a Tuesday night. I'll watch their YouTube channel. Hey, we appreciate you. Hey, yes, exactly. And please, guys, we want, we want you guys to enjoy these bourbons with us. Yep. You know, I know we've been working on a way to kind of give a list. I think what we're going to start doing is maybe adding that um, into, into some of the documents that we have for you guys. That way you have somewhere to reference as to the ratings that we give it, the, the bourbons that we have. We wanted to do something behind us on screen, but that's not really going to help the listeners if Except you're not watching. Like episode 12. I'll, I'll take full responsibility for the bourbon. Episode was, 20, you mean? 20, I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. episode 20, it was that bad. You went back eight episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad that was. I, I lost a few days. I lost eight episodes of experience. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was yeah. garbage. Those bourbons were not good. No, well, I'll take full responsibility for that. Done. We did. They, exactly. Done. That was the whole point. Brown bag bourbon. This is what we're going into summer. We're going into spring. Exactly. And we're all wearing shirts. Let's Look go, baby. It is oh, a whoa, whoa. beautiful. That's a Colorado thing. We get over 65 degrees <laughs> and we're like, oh, dude, it's summer. We went, a, uh, I think we went last year to, mm -hmm. last year, the year before to Scottsdale. And we went in like February, uh -huh. right? And I was pumped because it was cold here. And Scottsdale was like, ooh, it's like 68, 71, 72. And we, we, we go out there, we're staying in the hotel first day, go to brunch or whatever. And I got basically this on mm -hmm. essentially, right? I walk out. Jeans and like North Face coats. Yeah, no. I'm like, what are you guys doing? The they looked at me. They're like, what are you doing? I just got back from Nevada. Seeing, yeah, seeing my family, seeing some family out there, and same thing. It hit. It was like 72 degrees. Yeah, I was in shorts and like a, a light T-shirt, and they were like, Charlie, it's cold out. I was like, this 
this is amazing. Yeah. I, I just came from 31 degrees. Oh, yeah. 72 yeah. is beautiful. And I'm, I like the cold weather. Mm-hmm. I like to snowboard. I like to ice yep. fish. I like to do a lot of winter stuff. This year, I am over, over it. it. Mm-hmm. We've had some cold, cold weather and no yeah. snow. So it's just mm-hmm. been freezing and uncomfortable. Yep. And I'm ready to golf. I am trying to bring I gotta, and keep summer here. I got a That's new my attire today. On the way to my house for Tuesday. Boom. Nice. Boom. I, I, I am itching to go golfing. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you can also tell that it got nicer out because Jameson and I have haircuts. We mm-hmm. got it done. <laughs> I get a fresh haircut. Hit every that morning. barber, baby. Yep, yeah, that's right. Got to look good when you're outside yeah, flaunting yeah. into the sun. I, you know exactly. what I'm saying? I hit the bick every morning. <laughs> <laughs> barber bick. Oh yeah, love barber bick. Well, guys, for today's topic, um, you know, since last week we did do the brown bag bourbon episode, we wanted to kind of bring it back. And if you are a fan of the, the podcast and you followed us for a while, you know that we really enjoy Smoke Wagon. Um, one because of their story, but two because of their flavor. Um, so, Jamo, I'm going to go ahead and let you take it off. Yeah. Well, it, before you go, it's kind of a good segue back into good bourbon. Yes. Because we, 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 we left with trash, party. We're not discussing it, remember? No, no, no. We're not discussing <laughs> opening day. <laughs> that was a... Was, that, did that yeah. not lead into opening day? It did. Ooh, it that, did. that got us to opening day, and that's <laughs> we, we were blaming the garbage bourbon on what happened, but oh, it, was just, it was crazy. Uh, I'm so glad, too, because when I met you guys for opening day, I had the rest of that ancient mm-hmm. age waiting in the Jeep. Oh, good. And Lord. I did not pull it out. Good. I, Thank I, I God. thought about taking the benchmark or whatever that stuff was, and I was like, nope. No. So, with that said, it was party time bourbon, brown bag bourbon. We're dialing back with a We're good back, bourbon, mm-hmm. but from a party town, Las Vegas, go. Nevada. Where they wear shorts. Oh, no, Where they wear sauce. shorts all year round. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, so what we have is Smoke Wagon bottled in bond straight rye whiskey. So, if you guys have watched the show before, uh, a couple episodes back, we did a smoke wagon single batch rye, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. This is bottled in bond. Uh, and kind of actually, now that I think about it, it goes with the theme of the show. Yeah. Was it last with the malted rye? It was the single barrel malted rye. Malted yeah. rye. Mm-hmm. So anytime you have a bottled in bond bourbon or whiskey, it is regulated by the United States government. Yep. And they do that to ensure quality. So mm-hmm. uh, I know we've talked about it. We've had a couple of other bottled in bonded, bottled in bond bourbons before. Lot and this is one time it was good that the government got involved, right? Because <laughs> people were going blind. Yes, they were. <laughs> like, they were we need to blind. regulate this. People are, yeah. are tainting the, the waters with some tobacco and selling it as bourbon. Yeah, exactly. But um, the, the, the thing that makes a bourbon bottled in bond is it has to be done and distilled at one distillery. And pour it out for you. In one location during a very specific season. So it can't be, uh, you know, the mash bill can't come from a couple of different barrels. It's got to come from the same barrel. It has to be 50, uh, 50% alcohol by volume or 100 proof. And the government did that, like Oscar just said, to essentially regulate the quality of the bourbon um, so that it was safe for consumption, really. So Yeah, people um, were drinking it and it wasn't good. No, they were going was, blind. Like, yeah. it, was, it, was it, was, it was high in proof and it was yeah. just... Essentially, it's like you hear the horror stories of like fentanyl being cut with other different things. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the, the wild, wild west. That was the fentanyl the same back thing. then? That was the fentanyl back then. They were just cutting it with whatever they need to. Mm-hmm. Gasoline, ethanol. Make just it. Just to make it cheap, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, what is this, unleaded? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It actually is unleaded. So um, I'm excited for this one. I Obviously, I'm a huge yes. smoke wagon fan. Me too. I'm not going to go over their story again, but they are based out of Nevada. They've got some master distillers and mixers that do a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Um, and they essentially, they, they uniquely distill 
and uh, blend their whiskeys uh, in Nevada. So yeah, yep. they, they're in the heart of Las Vegas. Yep. Mm-hmm. They are in the heart of downtown Las yep. Vegas, and they also do Silver Dollar vodka. Yes, they do. They, okay, they do that as well. Well, and, and I, I will say what, what was cool for me about Smoke Wagon, and you know, like I, I drank bourbon before, but like I said, this podcast was the first time that I was categorizing them and mm-hmm. or actually sitting down and going, "Oh, what are the notes? What are the flavors? Stuff yep. like that." Smoke Wagon was the first one that we drank. I think, what was it? The un, Uncut Unfiltered? Uncut yeah. Unfiltered. Was yes. the first one yep. that that they had. This was even before I was on the podcast. And, you know, I got to taste it. And that was the first time that, like, I, I tasted a bourbon. I was like, holy shit, I got to tell somebody about mm-hmm. this. You know what I mean? Like, Smoke Wagon focuses on their flavor, on yes. the notes. Um, so I'm really excited to see, especially with the, the Bonded, to yeah. see how it is with their regulation. Because a lot of their stuff I've found, I found is very unique and genuine in how they structure it mm-hmm. and how they distill it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see how they do something that's regulated in this and way. And apparently this is a different mash bill than the malted rye, even yes. though it is, it is a rye, but so it's a different mash bill. With, with rye, it's 51% rye. With this one, it's um, 49% corn. Mm-hmm. Nice. With the malted, it's 49% uh, malted barley. Right. And yeah. that's cool. the biggest difference. Yeah, so very cool. But to go to your point, right, we talk about government regulations, which is going to lead us in. lead us into <laughs> our conversation today. The, so the here's... Here's the, just the straight up, like if I'm going to bottle and bond a bourbon, this is what it needs to happen. And this was done back in, they decided this in 1897 is when the the bottle and bond act was passed by the United States government. So they have to have it uh, aged at least four years. It has to be bottled at hundred proof. It's the bottle has to identify the distillery where it was distilled. And if it was different from where it was bottled, it also has to disclose that. And it has to be aged in a federally backed warehouse. Nice. So they with, make sure that like so it's which all the stories the stories start tying mm-hmm. together. Larceny. Yep. He was a he was an agent. He was a, a, mm-hmm. a bond agent. Yep. And yep. You know, so it, it all ties together. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's I think it's funny you said at a minimum of four years. The, those two that we had last we week. Talk <laughs> Sorry, we're not going right. to talk about it. Sorry, we're not going to talk about it. We did make it's, that phone call. Those, yeah. those should have been bonded. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Those should have been trashed. We uh, uh, we made the phone call to uh, ancient ancient age ancient age and left mm-hmm. them a message and they did return the call. And check out the YouTube channel because we're going to have that video put on there it just for fun for you guys. So we basically said that their whiskey was trash. Yeah. And then the phone call we got back from some lady in somewhere in the thank southern united states was like thank you bourbon. for enjoying our whiskey i'm like you didn't listen to the message because we did not enjoy, did not enjoy it, it at all um, i thought this was a the complaint box yeah Sorry. yeah, yeah. We, we put the wrong <laughs> yeah thing. well this now that it's better. been open for a little bit we poured it out let's go ahead and give it a try cheers baby. cheers, cheers. i will say right off the bat though Better than last week. Well, oh, yeah, but I mean, just the uh, some of the other bourbons that we've had in the past that were a little bit higher mm. quality. I felt like the the smell kind of did you know the cartoon grab. I can tell this one's a lot more contained, mm-hmm. which means as it opens and as it sits, it's going to get even more mm-hmm. more flavorful. So I'm excited and for it. Just like a bit quiet. It's a really nice amber. It's amber. Yep, mm-hmm. exactly. Think uh, what's his name could find a find a bug in here. A little Start Jurassic Park. Right? What is his name? Sam, the guy from the fl- Sam Fly. Man? No, no. I don't know. I'm oh, not you know which it. guy I'm Jeff talking Goldblum? about. Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Apartments.com? <laughs> yes, sir. Life <laughs> finds a way. I watched the latest oh, one. That guy's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. He's like 60 and has like three-year-olds. Oh, my God. I thought I was bad. Oh, my God. Mm. I, if I was 60 with a four-year-old, that oh. is... Um, mm. That's tasty. That I'm, is, living in the, I'm living in it. Hold on. Let me see. That's very tasty. It's, it's, it's good. Mm. 
Yeah. Okay. Now take, I can take talk. A, take a so minute. you know what's funny? I feel like we talk about this a, talk, a lot when we talk about people that are like just getting into bourbon. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to like bring somebody on like we talked about mm-hmm. and give them ancient aged cool. and then immediately give them this, this mm-hmm. and go, do you get it? Yes. Now you understand. <laughs> you mm-hmm. understand. Well, you have all those memes. I, I said oh, to yeah. him, why I drink bourbon? And he's like, fuck, yeah. do you <laughs> really like it? It burns. It sucks. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's just different. It's, but I will say this one. You know, we didn't really look at the notes beforehand, but off the taste, right off the rip, the butter is heavy on it. Um, very, very sweet mm-hmm. for for bottled and bonded. Um, a lot of sweetness to it, but again, not syrupy, not a heavy, not no, a heavy no, sweetness. It's, it's, it's a very subtle sweet, but it carries mm-hmm. and it's aromatic still. Yep. But it it lingers, and then the burn hits slightly towards. I the can end. feel the burn almost on the tongue, mm-hmm. but it's it's complemented by how smooth it is yeah well, and then it, this yeah. definitely carries those floral notes oh, yeah. The, yeah. at the end the notes online said sweet black pepper cinnamon spice creamy rich fruit and candy notes yep i get the candy at the beginning in the middle but definitely the, the pepper mm-hmm. at the end mm-hmm. for sure yeah mm-hmm. it's it's they, they just they make such good bourbon. and I, really I will do. say though and what's that's the thing that kills me like you know jameson just said with you know the difference in bourbons thing that kills me about people who don't drink bourbon regularly is they'll open it and their gauge of quality goes off of how much the burn is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and what was the proof on this one? 100. 100, right? So 50%. Yep. That That's going to singe a couple nostril hairs. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's it's getting past that. And once you do and you acquire the taste for it, I know, I don't want to I don't want to eat something or drink something. I have to acquire a taste for well, it. And it's, <laughs> and it's how you drink it, right? Exactly. Because I... Is it bad that I don't really feel the burn anymore? I mean, we've had bourbon yeah. so much that I don't. I don't. I, I guess it's my my mind already knows it's going to be there, and I don't. I don't really notice it. But we're not shooting it. No, but it's like it's we're like, not just taking it back. Mm. That's always going to burn. I don't this is going to get so. You good sip as it, it and it's good, and the burn is there, but it's not like. Mm, I can't no, talk. but it's like the same thing. We have people that like spicy foods, right? Yeah, like, oh, I love you, spicy. You food. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, after a while, you just you get so used to it because you do enjoy it. Yep. That. You look for the flavor of the Yeah, of the exactly. Burn. Then you mm-hmm. have a habanero. You know what? That's the best or something like that. analogy. Yep. You know what I mean? That you're, I think dude, you're, the perfect example is your salsa that you make. Yeah, oh, that stuff is delicious. Fire, right? But it's fire. It's, it's fire. <laughs> um, but like we were in the Ozarks and it was, people were just eating it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not for the faint of heart, but if you enjoy yep. the nuances of like spicy food, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Well, and I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people be like, oh, you think you're better because you drink bourbon? You think you're some yeah. sophistication? Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. But that is not off of the basis of a societal standard. That's because for me, in my in my mind, and what I believe to be something that makes me happy and, and that I enjoy seeing in myself is I want to sit down with a good glass of bourbon, a cigar, people that I enjoy. And yes, if I can actually sit down and talk with them like this about bourbon, absolutely, I think that I think I'm great because I can do that. But that's the reality that I live in. And that's what I appreciate about mm-hmm. the bourbon is you can have moments like this and when you do enjoy it it makes you live in the moment it makes you enjoy the bourbon and it's quick and easy exactly I mean, there's tons of cocktails that i, I mm-hmm. enjoy you gotta make them unless you're at a bar with the bourbon you pop open a bottle mm-hmm. you know where you're gonna get every pour mm-hmm. yep it's enjoyable it's nice you mm-hmm. don't have to i mean sometimes you drink the whole bottle and shit gets crazy but you don't have to drink the whole bottle you just but, drink but you well, still enjoy it well you can and then still on top enjoy of that, it either way it brings up a great point that it's not even like people think, oh, you drink alcohol for, for the effect. I'm sorry, but 
I could, we, we're probably going to drink a glass or two of this and I'm not going to feel nearly as messed up as I did after, no. after one drink of that ancient age. Oh, that ancient age. <laughs> two <laughs> drinks. And I was like, man, I'm bringing up ancient age. I told you guys like, this is weird because it was only 80 proof, but I feel it. Yeah. I feel it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was not bonded. It was probably cut with fentanyl. <laughs> <Gasly. laughs> Yeah, it was like ethanol. Uh, uh, Somebody just stopped by the gas station. It was like, oh, 360 on a gallon. Spritz a little bit in there. This will work with <laughs> this. Seven, no big deal. This will sweeten fine. this stuff up. Well, I am glad. I am glad that we Part have. Ancient age. You know what? They're probably going to be the ones like, we want to sponsor you. Like, oh, fuck, we just trashed you. <laughs> hey, you got to start somewhere. Huh? Somewhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> I am glad that we do have a, a good bourbon to, to go along with this conversation today. Because like I said, not only is it a hot button topic, but it's a topic that people, you know, feel strongly about. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what I want to address right off the bat, um, and we talked about it before, and this will lead into what Jameson is going to talk about, is what was going on with interest rates during the pandemic and why everybody was so scared coming back out when interest rates jumped up, right? So just to, to put it simply, with interest rates, the reason that they were so low is because the government was telling banks, hey, we're going to support you and we're going to back these loans. We're going to, we're going to buy them. So there was less risk for the banks. So they were willing to give out more at a lower rate because their money was covered. They didn't, they didn't worry about it. What ended up happening was the government went, yeah, we're, we're not going to do that anymore. So that's why you saw interest rates go from 2.8, 3.2, skyrocket back up to you know 6.5 in, what was it, a matter of three or four months? Well, we, had, we got we up hit, to seven. We, we hit over seven between, essentially between- Seven and a half. Yeah. March, between March and mm-hmm. September, April, May, yep. June, July, August. So six months. Yep. We went from 3% to 7%. So Which we had a, most agents in the in the market had. We were prepping for it. Yes. We, the, yeah. The we word started on, talking the, the, about it in March, April. The word yes. on the street was interest rates are going to rise. They're going to slowly hit about six to seven. Mm-hmm. We hope not in the fall. Yep. What do they do? That it speed up mm-hmm. by end of spring. We were already looking at six. Yep. And then it just inclined like crazy mm-hmm. by august i had to take listings off because mm-hmm. we were hitting seven yep so they yep. they sped it up why yep and like i said so that so that leads us into it like i said the the government was backing the mortgages so the mm-hmm. government was saying hey we're, we got you back if you if they don't pay we got you right they stopped doing that interest rates went up and there are a lot of factors that play into interest rates and affect them but what we wanted to go over is kind of pull back the veil on some some things that affect it on a little bit higher of a scale. Um, and Jameson, I believe that you want to talk about bonds. Start, start from the beginning with the, with, with the pandemic. Yeah, I, didn't, what I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, like it is, it's a very convoluted topic. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that during the pandemic and then afterwards, there was such a, I'm going to say discombobulation of information, but there were so many disagreeing sides. See, people, some people are like, oh, rates are going to stay low. And if we hit fives, it's going to be catastrophic. Then other people are like, well, we're going to hit 10%. Then other people are like, well, we're only going to hit six. Nobody really knew, right? And the reason, and I don't want to overcomplicate it for anybody watching. I just want to give you guys kind of an understanding of why some of the forces that affect yeah. what interest rates do, right? During the pandemic, like Charlie was talking to, basically the government was was buying those securities to encourage people to continue spending money. It was a quote unquote stimulus. Because yes, yeah. the, the fear was as you shut everything down, then the economy comes to a halt. And one of the largest drivers of, of a healthy economy is the housing market, mm-hmm. right? Because you buy a house, you pay interest on the loan, you do renovations, you end up saving money, 
you spend money on landscaping, property taxes, all those different things, right? So the, the fear was, well, if, if the economy grinds to a halt because of a global pandemic, people are going to stop buying houses. If they stop buying houses, it's going to worsen the economy even more. And oh my God, we're going to go into the Great Depression. Well, well, let, let me stop you there. You said home improvements, right? Right. It didn't just buy and sell. No. They wanted people to refinance. Yeah. They, they, they wanted to, to stimulate the economy by the workforce. Mm-hmm. If, if you could pull money out that's cheap, now's the time to mm-hmm. upgrade that kitchen, that bathroom, yep. do some landscaping. Yep. So what's that going to do? Low rates, I'll pull 50 grand out. Mm-hmm. Now you're stimulating the job market with, with construction, with landscaping businesses. So that all ties in, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not just um, a financial side of things. The government did that to stimulate everything because mm-hmm. none of us knew what was going to happen. I thought my phone was not going to ring. Mm-hmm. I, I freaked out and I was like, whoa, 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 the pandemic? We're not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Scott Peterson, he's the, the, one of the main attorneys for the, the, the board of realtors mm-hmm. in Denver. Um, he went out to bat with us uh, for us um, as, as a realtor and kept us working because it was the, the essential people. If you were non-essential, you didn't work. We were freaking out because, I mean, come on, we're, we're not saving lives, but we're putting people in homes. So he went up to bat and said, we're essential. All that was going on. I didn't know where I was, if, whether I was going to be able to show property where I do this full time. This isn't my part-time gig. I have to feed. I have a family. Yep. I didn't know what I was going to do. I freaked out. So the first week, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was prepping myself, my savings. I was like, we're going to deplete the hell out of them. Quite the opposite. Phones started blowing up after that first week. Tell us why. Cheap money. Okay. That's yep. what it was. Right? Mm-hmm. It's cheap money. I mean, the, the, the opposite side of that is the average mortgage rose $731 a month between March of 2022 and September of 2022, right? So the question then becomes, okay, so what if the government is not interfering mm-hmm. artificially, what is making interest rates do what they do? And the, I, I want to explain this as simply as possible because it is, like I said, it's convoluted. But here's the deal. Most people assume that the way the government is funded is due to taxes, which is partly true, mm-hmm. okay? They get money from our taxes. They put that back into public works, different things. But the other side of this is the bond market. Mm-hmm. And essentially what the bond market is, is a way for us as citizens, as investors, to essentially loan the government money that they will then use to pay for public works, improvements, mm-hmm. budgets, all sorts of different things. Kind right? of like back in the day when we'd go to war, right? What did they Basically. do? Bring us your, your metals. Yep. We need to make ammo. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what bonds do on, yep. on the money side. So what happens is people will then give the government money by giving them by buying bonds, right? Perfect, perfect example. Um, and then the government says, we promise to mm-hmm. repay you a 100% return minimum on those bonds plus the interest rates, okay? Mm-hmm. So essentially it means bonds are very, very safe. Now there's different types of bonds, right? There's mm-hmm. treasury bonds that are backed by the federal government. Then there's mortgage-backed securities, which are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else in life, higher risk, higher- risk. I mean, I have, I have a good amount of my investments in municipal bonds, right? right? And that's because- I know that my money is going directly towards work in the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is, as slow as it may be, always going to be happening. Correct. Well, so again, and, it's safer. And, yep. and, and when people say, well, what are the feds going to do? Everybody thinks just government, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's the feds. When they say the feds, it's the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. because that's where the money's all come from, right? That's our monetary policy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like the Federal Reserve is essentially an independent body mm-hmm. that has a directive from the Congress, and their directive is very, very simple. Price stability and maximize employment. 
Yep. That's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. They don't, they do not have another directive. Their job is to essentially, when we say price stability, we mean fight inflation. Yep. Historically, inflation is at 2%, 2.5%, 3%. There's talk that it, the new norm is going to be a little bit higher than that. But their entire goal is how do we keep that stable mm-hmm. without killing the job market, yep. right? And that's why there's this delicate balance. Is that where Fort Knox is? <laughs> is what? Is that where Fort Knox is? No. Maybe. No. Is that Federal Reserve? Fort well, Knox, the Federal that, Reserve is different because so Fort Knox is, or, or is, or is that where we print money? That's where, yeah, Fort Knox is where we keep our. And I'm just kidding. I'm just because that's what that's what yes. the wheel starts turning, right? Yeah. We think we think the Feds, Fort Knox, or where yeah. where the where we print our right. money, which we have one here. Yes, we we, we, we mm-hmm. have a mint here yep. in Colorado. Pennsylvania is another one. So yep. that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the agency that is. Um, their job is to make sure that we have as much as possible an equilibrium with mm-hmm. inflation and how we're doing, which mm-hmm. it's not the greatest, but they're, that's what they're in. They're, yeah. they're, and they're at the base titles. level, right? Their base level is they, they influence the federal fund rate, mm. which all that influence, means, that's the word I was looking for. All that means is they set and they say, okay, this is the interest rate that it is going to cost a bank mm-hmm. to borrow money from the United States government. The higher that rate is, the more expensive money gets the more expensive money gets, the more people decide to save versus spend. Mm-hmm. The more they decide to save versus spend, the less money is in circulation, which now starts to ring back inflation. Okay, right? and you said it convoluted, right? And this is a conversation I have with a lot of my clients. I like to let them know that there's a secondary market on the mortgage side. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, look, let's say it's the Bank of Charlie, the Bank of uh, Jameson. And, and 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 I'm a bank as well. And I said, I, I'm I'm we all have a billion dollars, right? And we're lending it out, and we're we're making interest on on every single one. And that's how banks work. Well, I have other ventures that I want to go into, and I've all my money's lent out, mm-hmm. all of it. I don't have any anything more. Everybody has mortgages. That's where that's where all my money's allocated. Well, so there's a secondary market in the mortgage side, which allows me. To bundle up a lot of my mortgages, all these people that I've lent money out to, I bundle it up. I send it over to the Bank of Charlie and said, "Hey, do do you have any any funds available? I need I need five hundred million dollars." Mm-hmm. Well, you may not have them. Jameson has it, five hundred million dollars. I was like, "Look, Jameson, I'm making X amount of dollars on this bundle of loans. Would you like them?" And he doesn't have many loans out, or he has excess money. He's like, "I'll buy them from you," and he's going to make money on that. Now I have cleared up. A lot of my a lot of my money now I could go do different things. So there is a secondary market that buys loans. That's why sometimes you guys, when you when you buy a house and you send it to let's say a Wells Fargo, that's that's mm-hmm. who you did your loan with, or or, or Colin, our 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 in-house lender, mm-hmm. he um he he does the loan and then he quickly sells it. What that means is this is the loan, and then Wells Fargo says, Yeah, I'll collect six percent on that all day long. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the money goes there. So within a few months or a year, you may be sending your payment to Wells Fargo. All of a sudden, you get something in the mail that says, now your bank is M&T Bank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Because Wells Fargo had to mm-hmm. allocate their funds somewhere else. M&T Bank said, I, I, I like it. I'll take the money on it. I have plenty of money. Take this money. Yep. So there's a lot when, that when goes in. There's it. a lot that mm-hmm. goes on yep. in mortgages and how interest rates are, are affected. Yes. There's a lot of stuff outside of the government that takes place. The government is just one that kind of regulates everything. Which hopefully you guys, as you're listening to this or watching it and going, what the fuck are you guys talking about? (laughs) 
this is why it's so hard to yes. predict mm-hmm. what is going to happen in the future, right? Mm-hmm. So the cocktail conversation is like, what's the market going to yeah, do? Exactly. Well, where do you want to start? Right. <laughs> exactly. So here's here's why the, the simplest way I can explain why interest rates go up and down mm-hmm. when it comes to bonds, because people hear about treasury, 10-year treasury bond versus mortgage rates. Here's the simplest way I can explain it. Treasury bonds, because they're backed by the United States government and they're guaranteed as a return plus interest, mm-hmm. are the safest investment. So as people get finicky around what's happening in the economy, they will flock towards safe investments, right? That's just what it is. Well, the safest investment is the treasury bond. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Well, if the demand in treasury bonds increase, okay, what that means is the yield that they're giving those individuals on the existing bonds in the market decrease. What does the yield mean? So yield just means rate of return on what I get. If I'm going to buy a bond for Mm $1,000 at a 3% interest rate, and then all of a sudden the demand creeps up, so now the bond prices drop, Mm -hmm. right? Or sorry, raise. Now it's it's going to basically give me less of a return on newer bonds that are being issued. Yep. So the only way to now attract buyers for those bonds to fund the federal government mm-hmm. is to increase the return rate and the interest rate, Which right? does. Which when that happens, now you've got the mortgage-backed security bonds mm-hmm. and those investors are going, wait a second, if you don't want me to buy these higher interest rate treasury bonds, you need to give me a higher return on my mortgage-backed securities bonds. So now the bank goes, okay, well, we have to raise those rates mm-hmm. in order to essentially compete and attract buyers. So that is how an increase in safe investments in bonds drives the bond demand up, mm-hmm. which drives the price up, which drives the yield on new bonds down, which now means, well, if I want to get that same return, I have to raise those interest rates. If mm-hmm. I raise those rates or yield returns on bonds, mortgage-backed securities say, hey, <laughs> I want my piece those increase Mm -hmm. and now you have a parallel relationship where as bond yields increase mortgage interest rates increase as well and all of this is driven by the fact that as inflation increases Mm -hmm. people want safe places to put their money which is why we say historically mortgage interest rates follow inflation Mm -hmm. except for in 2020 when we artificially held it yep and it was it it, so when you say artificially it was when, when I think artificial, I think fake, right? Mm-hmm. But it was a very real thing because we didn't know what COVID was going to do. Well, I guess artificial in the sense that it wasn't normal. The, the U.S. government was buying the mortgage-backed securities, mm-hmm. right? But in order to do so and to make their balance sheets actually balance, they had to print money. Mm-hmm. And that money came from nothing to into existence, which yep. is why I say artificially because mm-hmm. it wasn't created by tax hikes. It wasn't created by job creation. Mm-hmm. It was created by... U.S. government saying, hey, we're just going to print a shit ton of money yep. and we'll figure it out later. Mm-hmm. That's why when I say well, artificial. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I, might, I may be going out of out of place here or, or how we want to do the show. Have you show, been but, on this podcast before? This, yeah. <laughs> this is what we do. We're drinking. This is what we do, baby. So, but it's a hot tie, topic. What, we we want to make sure. What ties in is the LIBOR, right? Is what? The LIBOR, which is the yes. benchmark of where what they're, what they're giving the money at. So Correct. banks now have this certain interest rate. And what LIBOR, it's an acronym, right? And I had to write it down because I always forget. It's the London Interbank Offer Rate, okay. which gives the benchmark of what this is what the rate's going to be. Essentially, the federal fund rate. Let's call it a three percent. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they're that's what they're getting on their money. Mm-hmm. Now the banks have to make some money, so it's usually typically two percent above that. Yep. So if it's a three percent LIBOR, your interest rate as a consumer is going to be five percent. Yep. yep. And that's how that works mm-hmm. so, across the board. And what I want to try and do is give you the the 
how do I, let's say the, the five-year-old description, right? If you were to open a picture book, how, how could you break it down? And the, the most simple way that Ooh. I can do it. Which is super cool because at my house, yeah. I'm a science nerd. Oh. I, I, may, I may not know literary stuff and books <laughs> and stuff, like, but math and science is my mm. jam. Mm. I love math and science. Like quantum right. physics, oh my God. Oh, yeah. I, I geek out on that crap. We could talk about it all day. Yeah, <laughs> all day. I, I, that's, but that's a little, really good glass. So my kids have quantum physics. Our, our story time mm -hmm. is quantum physics. Yep. Quantum physics oh, for, yeah, kids. Yeah. for kids. For kids. I, I posted something yeah, like that. Well, that's legit. And ultimately, that's what we want to do with this podcast, right? Is disseminate this information in a way that's easily digestible for you so that you're not going through 80 articles like we did to figure out what the hell we're talking about. If my right? kids could learn quantum physics at two and five, we try to give you the information <laughs> as not to say that you're two and five year olds, but as, as realtors, mm -hmm. a lot of realtors don't know this stuff. Yeah. No. They well, just they just want to sell, just sell a house, the houses. but they need mm -hmm. to know this. As mm -hmm. an and as a consumer, you need to know why. Right. So you're not relying on the industry leaders to mm -hmm. give you the explanation. No, I know exactly when they say you know the LIBOR went up. You know, two percent above that, you're going to get an interest rate there. And why? So the why is the big question, right? So here here is my attempt at a children's book of bonds and how how they work, right? So imagine a bond is an apple, and the government owns that apple, and they say, hey. We're going to sell this apple to people so they can have access to this apple. Now, four people buy the apple. Cool. You have four slices of the apple. Everybody say oranges. Well. Just because oranges cure scurvy and that, that's going to be like, <laughs> I want that. Apples, apples are easier to it cut. It was apples and oranges. I'm right? just kidding. All right. First off, we haven't seen scurvy since like Because everybody pirates. eats oranges. And, and <laughs> you know what? Pirates didn't have access to anything. That's why they got scurvy. But if you've ever had any <laughs> kind of vitamin C, scurvy. scurvy's out the door. I'm just saying. All right, I like so, to throw the wrench into the reel, machine. I just reeling it say. back in. Reeling it back in. So you have the apple. You have four, four slices of the apple, right? Those four people can benefit from that apple. But as the government gives that apple out to more people, the slices become smaller and people don't get as much from that one apple. So what do they have to do? They have to make more apples. So now they grow a tree. So now what you have is more than one bond. And now that one bond that you have is worth as much as it is. So the other apples from that tree have to compete. And then now what they do with that apple is they say, hey, in order for you to buy this apple or get this apple, we're going to need you to give a little bit more. And then that is how it continues to grow. Right. So money is fake, and we're in a, we're in the matrix. Let's that's, that's let's really not let's not go down that pathway no, because no, that's no. Well, at the end of the day, good, my, right? my biggest argument with cryptocurrency is that they're right. like it's yes. not backed you, by anything, but the yes. U.S. dollar isn't anymore either. Yeah, there is an intrinsic well, we got, value. Uh, the gold reserve. And at the end, <laughs> no, but it's not really. It's not a. It's not backed by one ounce no. of gold anymore. Yeah, yeah. and there's, that's a whole other episode we could get on. There's an intrinsic value to everything, and when we're talking about bonds, when we're talking interest rates, so on and so forth. The biggest thing that, that you guys need to understand to me is, is, is twofold. Number one, inflation and mortgage interest rates will always, always, always work mm -hmm. in tandem. As inflation increases, mortgage rates will increase. As inflation decreases, mortgage rates will decrease. Now, there's 18 different steps to get there, mm -hmm. but that is what it is. Now, those steps could be what the Federal Reserve does. It could be you know uh, conditions in the housing market, so on and so forth. But essentially... Interest rates follow inflation. That's, that's literally it. The second thing you guys need to understand, and as you can tell, this is a very confusing topic, mm -hmm. don't try to time the market. Don't. Because we do not, us three sitting here, with the amount of experience that we have, with the partnerships that we have, we still can't for 100% certainty say, this is what's going to happen. The top economists 
failed in February. Dude, you could talk that to That guy's super smart. You could talk to Moody Analytics, you could talk to mm-hmm. Deutsche Bank, you could talk to you could whoever it is, right? It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, if your situation stays the same at your house, mm-hmm. you can afford a certain amount of house. That's it. Whether that price fluctuates up or down based on interest rates, it doesn't really matter. Budget for yourself. Time in the market is better than timing the market because you will yes. never time Ooh, the hold market. on, repeat that, repeat that. Time in the market will always beat out timing the market. Because 100%. it's tough. And this episode is not for timing the market. Mm-hmm. It's to understand the market, understand what's going on behind Factors. closed doors, understand why things go up and down. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to take that information and then try mm-hmm. to time it, good luck. Yep. Industry professionals, if, again, the Fame. leading one, I, I forget his name, you brought him up. He was way off in February. Yep. And that guy is like super smart. So it's it's hard to predict. Mm-hmm. But if you want a super, super easy, uh, it's not failed proof, but it is it goes hand in hand, and if you want to, yep. and we've seen give, it, right? If, well, if you want to give me shit about it on on the comments, go ahead. But, but we've seen it. So the, the stock last, market. The last the, three weeks, we've seen where we the, the inflation mm-hmm. report has come back better and better and better. And if you look at the graph and you zoom out since January until now, interest rates have slowly come back. Now there's going to be some volatility, right? Yep. But I think on as of today, we we're at like six two, six three, somewhere around there, because it's following inflation. The inflation report comes back. And that's where interest rates go. But mm-hmm. to convolute this and to, to make you guys understand like all the different factors, I think Charlie wanted to talk a little bit about well, unemployment. Yeah. And what I was going to say is, as us are saying, you can't time it, right? So I see many of you sitting at home just stirring going, well, if you can't fucking time it, then how, how do people predict it, right? There are factors that, you, that play in. And like Jameson said, um, the, the mortgage, mortgage and interest rates um, or unemployment, sorry, inflation go hand in hand. Another mm-hmm. one that go, goes hand in hand as a tell, not an not a end all be all, is unemployment rates, right? So just to give you a little bit of a background, on April 7th, uh, 2023 of this year, we had the unemployment number come out, right? And from February to March, in February, we went 3.6 to March down to a 3.5, okay? Which is 3.5 unemployment rate. Percent, unemployment rate, right? Now, what that means is the um, non-farm employment, so regular payroll employment, went up by 236,000 people, right? Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Well, in that same month- You guys might also hear this as job creation. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. We created 236,000 jobs, yes. which is kind of misleading, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's not like we created jobs. It's no. Just, we people. had 236,000 more people be gainfully employed mm-hmm. via a salary or an hourly well, basis- than we did the year the, and, and, the and there's before. a variant here covid well and not only that you know, but people went back to work yes more than anything yes and that's what that's why if you look now we've right. been in the three in the three percent now since at least this year since january january we started about 3.4 now we're we're, we're kind of regulating you can yep. see 3.6 in february coming back down to 3.5 but the interesting part and again we've talked about statistics is like i said we gained 236,000, right but we lost 172,000. Mm-hmm. So again, numbers, how they can be presented, headlines, you have to take a look at it, right? And when we're talking about how unemployment affects interest rates, normally how that works, and stick with me guys, because this is, gets to the point where you go, wait, what? We're so, going deep. Right? First off, if you haven't been to that point yet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going deep. You have not been paying attention. You, yep. you should have you uh, expected right. that yeah. when I said yeah. Reaganomics. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
So basically how, how unemployment affects interest rates, right? So as unemployment goes up or down, it gives an indicator to the market, to mortgages, banks, as to how many people are going to be able to actually pay and, and take out those mortgages, right? So what we see is as unemployment goes down, right, and, and more people are working, interest rates will rise. And that's because as more people are working and more money is being put into the economy, more people will apply for mortgages, which means more money will come in. Now, what we've been seeing is unemployment rates have been kind of level and or going up, coming down. When unemployment rates stay the same and or rise, interest rates will go down. And that is because they need to now incentivize the people that can buy homes to do so. So to put it in layman's terms and, and how it's easy for me to understand is when you have a high performing economy and a lot of people can buy homes, mortgage rates are going to be higher because they can benefit and make more money. It's easier for them to do that. When you have a struggling economy and or unemployment, people cannot afford to go into $300,000 plus in debt. So they will make it easier by lowering those interest rates so more people have access to those mortgages, which then flood the banks with more income, more money. And you, and you may ask why. Why our mm -hmm. industry? Because our industry is the, one of the only industries, unless you're out there buying Ferraris, you're not going to spend half a million dollars. And that's mm -hmm. where the banks have a higher rate of return on their money. Well, and because yeah, if I if I give you a three percent mm -hmm. on on a car loan, yeah, your average car maybe thirty forty thousand, mm -hmm. you're not going to make a whole lot of money. Yep, you buy a house, it is thirty years mm -hmm. long term, half a million dollars, yep. you're going to make more money on your return. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's why we're the front runner of yes. what what it's going to look like for a, a recession or or yep. we the, the 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 real estate industry is the front runner on what's going to happen. As soon as we start our, seeing our industry tank, mm -hmm. the economy starts going down yeah, or the, the other way around. The, the adage is that the housing market is usually the, the last, what do I want to say, going into a recession. It's the last thing. It, it, gets, it gets hit the hardest going into the recession mm -hmm. or a recession, not saying that we are, but just in general. Yep. But it's also the By first. By definition, we might be in one. Right. It's also mm -hmm. the first one to recover. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and it, unemployment's an interesting uh, benchmark because essentially when you talk about inflation, right, and mm -hmm. it's base level, all inflation is, is it's too much money chasing too few goods. Yes. Right? It's mm -hmm. just like- Or income. It, that's it, right? So if you yep. go to the grocery store and you've got 15 people at the grocery store mm -hmm. and there's three top sirloins and all 15 people want three top sirloins, it's going to turn into, well, who's going to offer me the most money for the sermon? Mm -hmm. That's it, right? So when you talk about unemployment, and this is a tricky subject because I know and, and I, I, I sympathize with as, as the Fed continues to, to mm -hmm. hike that rate, really, I mean, they're going to break something. Yes. Right? They just mm -hmm. are. And unemployment is one of the leading indicators of mm -hmm. are we going to recover from inflation? Yep. The problem is it's going to take people losing their jobs, mm -hmm. unfortunately, to get to that point, because right now at a three point, what would we say, three point four percent unemployment? About uh, three point five. Uh, essentially, what's happening is we have so many people employed that can spend money, mm -hmm. and we've had supply chain issues for COVID and a bunch of different things. That we just have too few goods. Mm -hmm. We have to make it more expensive yep. for people to buy goods mm -hmm. in order to bring the price down. Yep, that, that that's what that, it is. That, yes, it and is. and it's and it sucks. I had like 
10 different thoughts while you were right. talking. Well, and, and, it's, and, and this is what this episode is. Yeah. It really well, is. And it's, and to Oxford's point, exactly. There's just so many factors that can influence it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's understanding that, that basically when everything is going good, right. When people have money and, and they're spending, it is less competitive mm-hmm. to buy a house. It is easier to buy a house because more people have money. When the economy is not doing well, it is harder to buy a house. So now these banks need to make money. And that is a very important note that Oscar brought up earlier on that second market, mm-hmm. secondary market, right? Everybody thinks, and I know I did before I started looking into it, is that the, you put your money in a bank and they save, they save your money for you. Mm-hmm. That's not how our banks work. We work on a loan They're system. Investing. Exactly. You give the bank your money, that bank is then investing it to make money, right? And so that is something to remember. That's why they offer free checking and free yeah, savings. Exactly. Because they want they're going to make money on your money. Exactly. They want your money. Now, you hear it. And again, look, sorry, history repeats itself. Look at the trend we're going through. We now have, and we mentioned it before, the most equity, the most money in the American pocket based on their assets that we've ever had in history. And what is happening? The government's looking at that and go, oh, Two wow, things. they that have a lot and of money. the lowest rates in exactly. history yes. ever. And they go, oh. People have a lot of money, so therefore they, they can spend it. You know, they have it, but people aren't spending because, and this is why we talked about the artificial hold on rates as a bad thing. So many people bought at those rates when, again, beginning of the pandemic, home prices were, yeah, they weren't as elevated, but they, they were still doable. I now you have, pandemic. right? Now yeah. you have doable prices with very good interest rates. I'm sorry, but I don't know anybody in their mind that is sitting on $200,000 in good money. And then they're going to now take that money and go, yeah. I'm going to take fifty to sixty thousand dollars of that and put myself into an interest rate at six and a half or seven, which now I'm paying maybe in some cases double what I was paying before. Well, and, again, and, and that's one of the biggest drivers that I bought during the pandemic. I right. one, I needed more space, but mm-hmm. I will take free money or damn near free money at two point eight seven five three percent over how much I'm going to I'm going to yes. I'm going to borrow because banks when you pay down your mortgage. Most of your money is going towards interest. Mm-hmm. The first 10 years, yep. you are heavily loaded on the interest side. Correct. So I was like, free money, I'm in. I don't care if I'm spending how much money. Right. Go ahead. Well, no. So I, you guys both bring up a really good point. And, and I think it's, it, I, I want to kind of think, like, I want you guys watching to understand, and I want to kind of summarize what we're talking about, right? We're talking about mortgage rates and what affects mortgage rates, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to kind of reiterate what we've talked about. Yep. So there's essentially five factors that influence mortgage rates, okay? So the first one is obviously the Fed's monetary policy, which we mm-hmm. talked about, okay? Yep. We've got the bond market, which mm-hmm. is going to affect supply and demand. We've mortgage bond. the rate of economic growth, yep. which Charlie just talked about with unemployment. But you brought up a good point a few episodes ago, the people coming into at least this state. Dude, I, yes. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. money. Um, we've got inflation, right? Yep. So th- those, those are the ones that we're looking at. So housing market conditions, inflation, mm-hmm. the bond market, the Federal Reserve Monetary Policy, and then the rate of economic growth. Those mm-hmm. are the things that affect mortgage rates, right? Yep. What people need to understand is when you talk about mortgages, we talk in terms of um, percent of, or uh, increase or decrease of mortgage application, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So like last week, for example, we had an 8% increase in mortgage demand. applications or mm-hmm. mortgage demand, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the only time that people demand mortgages when they want to buy houses. Mm-hmm. Well, the only time people can buy houses is when there's houses available. Mm-hmm. So to Charlie's point, and Oscar touched on it earlier, during COVID, you either had people that bought houses at stupid interest rates or refinance with stupid interest rates. So 
when you say, okay, well, how does, how does the housing market status right now affect interest rates? It's because of this. 75 or 80%, potentially even more than that, of current homeowners in the United States have an interest rate of less than 5%. Mm-hmm. Which means they're not. Hold on, repeat go, that. Repeat that percentage again. It called between seventy and eighty percent of homeowners are less than a five percent interest rate. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're not going to go anywhere and sell their house and then go buy something else. Okay, mm-hmm. so if they're not putting their house on the market, and I'm a buyer that needs to apply for a mortgage, I'm not going to apply for a mortgage because there's nothing either in my price range or available. Yep. If I'm not applying for a mortgage, that means that whoever's holding mortgage-backed securities are going to demand higher interest rates because they're not getting the return mm-hmm. on what they currently own. That's it. Trust me. It's, it's, that's literally it. it, it which and even that explanation is like, rates what? Yeah, exactly. They're going to raise the interest because they, they can't get more. It, it is a well, backdoor it comes, it kind comes, of it's not even numbers. Honestly, it's, it's not even, and, and that's the hard part, right? When we sit here and we think, you know, like, oh, when we look at it from our level of mm-hmm. society, you know, being, I don't want to say lower on the tone of people, but just being people, being ants in the cog, right? Yeah, consumers. When we look at it from that, we go, yeah, what the, what the fuck are you talking about? If people can't afford it. Why the hell are you going to raise it, right? But at the same time, that is the nature of capitalism. We Companies, businesses- Supply need, and demand. Exactly. Need to continue to make money to sustain themselves. Well, and people are going to be pissed off. Like, well, this is why capitalism sucks. Cool. That's yes. great. Mm-hmm. Great argument. If you guys have a, a solution for it, please- Call, right, no. right Call the government. Legislator. Like <laughs> it is what it is at this mm-hmm. point. And I've always lived by the mantra of you control what you can control. Yep. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at buying a house, one, I need more inventory. Yep. But I'm not going to get inventory if the existing resale homes are not going to come on the market. And the reason they're not coming on the market is because they're locked into their interest rates. Mm-hmm. And if that happens, and now I'm not applying for a mortgage, well, now the mortgage backed securities have to give investors a better return. And why are they dependent on investors? Because that money now funds your house and your mortgage. Yep. Like it is a self-fulfilling cycle. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a comment somebody left on, on one of my TikToks, um, Colorado real estate guy, by the way, just so you guys know, uh, that said the worst thing that happened in this country was the privatization of housing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which to me is kind because of because government housing is better. Exactly right. Yeah. And yeah. That's other, I mean, that's <laughs> Dude, call me. Con- I'll, I'll have other, a good conversation no, with that's, you. That's a whole other conversation, Again. right? Yeah. But the point was, this person was frustrated mm-hmm. that there was a market influence on how and with how much and, and, and the different ways they can buy a house. But that's the reality of of what we live in, yes, right? Exactly. Um, and I just I want you guys. The reason I'm I'm hammering this point is because at the end of the day, you have a job. You have expenses mm-hmm. and you have goals. Mm-hmm. That, that's what, from a housing standpoint, that's what it is, right? My job is this, my expenses and my bills are this, and my goal is to own a home. Yep. Well, you can own a home at a certain monthly payment, mm-hmm. figure that out, and then go from there. Don't necessarily, like, it's, it's important to understand yes. the factors that influence mortgage rates mm-hmm. and the housing market. But at the end of the day, if you mm-hmm. or you can afford, I don't know. Oscar, you bought a house right down the street from me. What what do you guys what do you pay monthly right now? Damn, I have to put that out there. Yeah. Around three grand. Okay. So I my mortgage is twenty nine hundred dollars a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. Charlie, how much are you paying rent? Two thousand. Two thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if I were to say, hey, by the way, I'm gonna sell you a house, you're gonna pay three thousand dollars a month. What would you say? Fuck you. Cool. Why? Because I can't afford that. Right That's now. your budget, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. What's your budget? If you were to buy a house today, right now, and I'm sorry I put you on the spot, but I think it's Let's important. Do it. 
What's your uh, what's your budget? I can do twenty four hundred. Cool. So that twenty four hundred, right, could be at this point, call it if it's a townhome, three hundred thousand dollars a month. Yep. Okay. So if interest rates go down, maybe it's three fifty. Mm-hmm. If interest rates go up, maybe it's two seventy five. Exactly. Does that change your ability to nope. purchase at twenty four hundred? It does not. But say it again. Drop it to him again for the people in the back. What is it? It's not. It's not. It's not. You said it's, it's, it's not early. It's and, and I and it's I, timing, I touched on it. It's, it's time oh, sorry, in the market, yes. it's not timing the market, the market. Not timing the market. And and I said it earlier. I rather get damn near free money because now I can afford a, a higher price point mm-hmm. than lower the price point and increase my interest rate yes. because my money's not going to where I want it and yep. allocated to the yes. principal and at the, that point. The, that, that, that's the whole point. As you guys are looking and saying, man, do I want to buy a house now? Mm-hmm. Do I not? Here's, you got to under, you got to understand what your goal is. Which because I could, I could, I, I love being the devil's advocate. We, I well, could, I could, I could argue both sides yeah. of what I just well, said. We, we just talked about it, right? We said there's so much volatility and unknown mm-hmm. as we've gone through the factors that affect microeconomics, macroeconomics, interest rates, bond yields, everything else. People's heads are spinning, right? At the end of the day, if you can afford $3,000 a month, you have two choices, okay? I spend less than that in rent, mm-hmm. and I hope that inflation, et cetera, doesn't increase that rent year over year over year. Yep. Or I say, you know what? I'm going to sacrifice a couple of things. I want to purchase a house because if I sign on to a 30-year mortgage, my payment year one is equal to year 30. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. If I rent year one versus year thirty, guess what's going to happen over the long run? Your rent's going to go up. And on that note, tune into our YouTube channel because Oscar is going to do a phenomenal, yep. phenomenal real estate defined on what it, why housing yep. as an investment. And here's right? the deal: this is not a me advocating you need to buy a house. No, because it may not make sense to you. That's perfectly and, fine. And again, we talk be, about all the time. Be, before we get off topic on what you just said, before we off topic, what, what, dude, we're always off topic. I know we're doing, we're doing. What good. goes a, a <laughs> lot of stuff that we're talking about goes hand in hand. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Interest rates, the stock market. Yep. Interest rates and rents. Yes. When mm-hmm. interest rates go up, guess what? The investor that owns your home knows that you're not going to go buy. So, so what does he do? Rent. The rents go up. Yep. Yep. Rates go up, rents go up. So stay there for a year. They're going to add another five to $1,000 of the money that's not allocated anywhere, just a roof over your head, which is fine. But why else not have yep. uh, your own investment, which you could claim depreciation, tax mm-hmm. benefits, all that stuff that I'm going to talk about yep. on my well, that's, short. And the, and the but it's it's also paying down a principal. Yes. And, and you could do it's it you know next year it's not going to go up Correct. next year well, it's, it's going to be stable until you decide what to and do with it with that being said um stay tuned with us guys next week we're going to have a phenomenal episode we're going to bring colin back on on for you guys and we are going to talk about not only interest rates but opportunities that you have from lenders to capitalize creative financing yep, yep. creative financing oh. all that and there's kind of tons stuff. of it guys yep. tons of it so we're going to touch on that next week but i'll be honest with you guys i think we did a hell of a good job as three Three random people from Colorado breaking it down. Let, yeah. let me let me let me plant a seed Do just it. to blow your minds even further, and this includes you too. So the Fed money and work recession. We can by definition be in a recession now, but what I tell my clients is we won't go back to two thousand eight as long as the workforce is good, mm-hmm. because that's what really tanked us. Right, people started losing their houses, and yep. then that really affected us. Go hang in there with me. I, I'm good. I'm good. So that has a lot to do with if we're going to go back to that, right? Mm-hmm. Our, 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 our job market is, is, is pretty robust and good, at least here in the state of Colorado. 
So we're not going to tank like that. So with that said, we said that you said six months ago, the feds had 60% uh, of what? Of, of the bonds, the backed bonds. Oh, no. so last, last year they, they owned almost 75% of mortgage backed securities. We're down to 30. Yep. Now we're them. down to 30. Yep. Work is good. What's going to happen to the rates? Mm-hmm. That's another thing we don't have a crystal here, ball. But again, the the math there says here's the deal to to Oscar's point, right? Like it's don't overcomplicate it. If inflation continues to get reined in, mm-hmm. mortgage interest rates will continue to decrease. Okay, yeah. and what we and I, I I saw this this guy. Oh man, I wish I could shout him out because he's phenomenal. Uh, if you if you guys want, I'm gonna give him a free plug. It's called the Data Deli on Instagram. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's a data nerd. Uh, his name's Dave Myers. And uh, he was talking about, hey, what's the magic number right now of interest rates where people are going to jump in to buy houses? It's un- anything under 6.5%. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is, right? And as inflation decreases and we continue to see interest rates under 6.5%, we will see demand in the market. Yes. It will not balance out, I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. Because people are like, well, if I, why should I buy a house right now? It won't balance out until it makes sense for current homeowners to sell, to sell, and then buy something mm-hmm. at an interest rate that isn't astronomically higher yep. than what they're at right now. Which, and, and for the hopefuls out there that the interest rates are going to go back to where they were, not don't hold your breath. Don't hold it, your breath. It, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna take another global, yep. global yeah. catastrophe. Well, and again, do we problem, want that? No. But here's the the problem. That's the only reason it went that that low. Even if that does happen, the, the issue is. As money gets cheaper, all you're doing is driving home prices up. So yeah, realistically, sure. so like you don't want that. I would like to see interest rates at about a five between five and five and a half. Yep, hundred percent. Right, yep. I, Ooh, I agree healthy. with that. Hundred percent. Because that's a healthy market. If that happens, right? Yes, homes are going to be cheaper, which is fantastic, but it's going to loosen up inventory because people that have been waiting to upgrade, mm-hmm. to downsize, to do whatever, need that sweet spot to put their house on the market mm-hmm. to give us more inventory, and then we have a balanced market. That's it. Yep. All right. So, like I said, I think I think we did we did a really good job as kind of breaking it down, and um, I think this is a really good time to to lead into our one rock takeaway for the episode. It's, Already? Yeah. I got yeah. more shit to say. <laughs> Check out Oscar's real estate to find it videos. That I have coming. a whole lot more to say <laughs> to blow your mind. Oh no, right? so do I. Let, let, uh, and yeah. it's a hard one. If you Just guys want to stay, maybe we'll do a one on one like back and forth. Yeah. Um, stat guy, create stats. We got shit. Going. Yep. Yep. All right. So um, hopefully you guys found this. A, entertaining, B, yeah. informative. Yes, yes. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to our, our one rock takeaway. I'll go ahead and take it. My one rock takeaway from today's episode and everything that we've talked about is honestly going to go against a lot of, of the norm here uh, and what we're seeing from a lot of people. Guys, you have a world of knowledge in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You literally have access to information at all times. Stop playing the victim card. Educate yourselves. You have the opportunity. If you don't have a phone, go to the library. We can't play this victim mentality anymore that everything's happening around us. And I'll tell you, I used to do that. Everything's happening to me and around me and I can't control it. It's all bullshit. Take it upon yourselves. Educate yourselves. And I guarantee things will get better for you. Love it. Love it. And a a weird segue on that is that I didn't know what the speakers were at my house. And I was a victim of I don't know, understand my speaker. 
I went and learned it and I know exactly where mm-hmm. every speaker is in my house and I yep. timed it and I got it good. Mm-hmm. Oh, education. Yeah. Ex- education. Oscar, what, what, what's your one rock takeaway? One rock takeaway. Um, as com- confusing that as interest rates may be, make sure you have someone that can at least give you some kind of information that will make you feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and not I'm just going to shoot in the dark or wait mm-hmm. because waiting usually it screws you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Feel comfortable moving forward. Use us if you can, but if not, someone that's knowledgeable, not only in just real estate, because there's a lot of real estate agents that don't know what we're talking mm-hmm. about. Ask them questions, get some knowledge, back mm-hmm. what, what Charlie said, move forward with a good foot in front. Good footing, good foundation. Yep. I like that. It's good. Both villains. Here's mine. Control what you can control. Okay. Because I feel mm. like people get caught up in headlines and mm. clickbait and noise, which it's great. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what headline you guys read. You make the same amount. Your debt is the same amount mm-hmm. and you can afford the same amount. So if it doesn't make sense for you to purchase right now, cool. That's good. But don't base that on external factors yep base it on what you know to be true what you're comfortable with paying you should understand that if you make that decision more often than not it's a great long-term decision because Mm -hmm. time in the market will always be time in the market boom that's it put that on the (laughs) t-shirt I like it. I, I like, like it. it. Jazz hands. I think. I like it. Honestly, guys, I'm a, I, I have a dappy guys. Hey. No, no, no. You, this you, is a challenging you, episode. You coined a term. <laughs> I like oh, it. it was. This is no, a challenging no, episode. Good, Jameson Amaro's, ladies and gentlemen. Passion, We're going to we put that passionate. shit on a t-shirt. We want to help you guys. That's it. Yep. That's what That's we're what here for. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. That's, what it's about. But That's why we do what we do. It's yeah, fucking absolutely. exciting. Yep. Sorry. It is. It is. And it's confusing as shit. Don't get me wrong. We were all double checking our own, what we were going to talk about. Yep. I'll be honest. I'm going to say this one last thing. Yeah. I have had so many fulfilling conversations yes. with individuals that have no uh, uh, no precipice of, of purchasing a home, okay? But it's fun to educate people. Mm-hmm. So we just, it, it's fun for us and it's fun for me because we get to have these conversations with people, whether or not they're looking to buy a house, it's the education purpose. And, mm-hmm. and our, our job is to, Make sure you guys are as educated and have as much knowledge as possible to arm yourself to go out Mm -hmm. into whatever the fuck is happening right now Mm -hmm. in the market, in the economy, and make an informed decision. And we are all open. Mm -hmm. If you guys have quite, if you're out of state and you're like, oh, I'm buying a house in Idaho, okay, call us. Let Mm -hmm. us know, dude. Like, I've, I've it gives with, me no better feeling no, to man, know I've, that I helped you better your life in I've any kind with, of way. I've worked with people that have been buying in other states that I literally cannot help. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've answered questions for them that they go, oh my God, I, I didn't think about asking you. The That's collective like the here feeling in the world. It really cares is. of what yes. the education you have. We're not getting mm-hmm. paid right now Hell for this. Hell no. Absolutely not. Well, I'm getting paid in whiskey. But getting, yes. and, you and, know what? I, I get paid in bubblegum. And in knowledge. Yes. And, so... <laughs> We Don't are hesitate. we we are of the yep. same um, persona. We like yep. to talk. And mm. goddamn it, if you don't think we're passionate about this shit, you're by not now. fucking paying attention. <laughs> you're by now. Yes. Yeah. So please take the information we give yep. you. Give us a call. Let us know, man. Yeah, yep. I don't. I don't care if you ask me. Does the pain of my house affect uh, the per, the the 
the amount that I can get. I don't care. Yep. No, no question is too small or too big. Mm -hmm. We're here to help you. Which and this, how, how do you get a hold of us? Oh, yeah. You can reach us at the Mile High Perspective on YouTube. Or you can email us at resotr at themilehighperspective.com. Or you can call us at 303-578-0263. It will ring any three of us. Uh, we also have our own social media. So Charlie, mm -hmm. this is my favorite tagline, honestly, of social media it's is that lifting agent or the lifting agent, yeah. Oscar. So I've been promoting OscarTheRealtor.com. Yes, OscarTheRealtor.com is my website and I have social media. But a lot of social media is OscarTheRealtor or OscarTheRealtor.com just because they're obvious. Apparently, there's a lot of Oscar the realtors out there. Brand, baby. Brand. And you. none of them are I, as good as you. I so. hate you yeah, guys. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so Oscar or OscarTheRealtor.com. OscarTheRealtor.com. Or OscarTheRealtor.com is where you can find me. Mine, mine's super easy. The Colorado real estate guy. That's on Instagram, TikTok. You can find me on Facebook, Jameson Armos, obviously. Yep. Um, but feel free to reach out to any of us guys. Which like, I don't understand how that is available. That's it's the Colorado smooth. real estate guy. Yeah, it's smooth. Dude, it's I know. good. It's I was so like, geez. It's so, so, good. so my, I put my it other in and I was like, wait a second, this is so available on, on all platforms. My my, uh, yes. my my alternative website is coolestguyonearth.com. Yeah. I mean, I love that one too. <laughs> I, yeah, I, like I bought that. it but a long time ago and I still have on it. On Jameson's note, you know, yeah, we talk like to talk about real estate and give you information on you on real estate, but the other part of this episode is the bourbon, baby. Mm. Let me tell you. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, we're just it's fun for us to sit here and drink, oh. but I like to think that our reviews are are pretty honest, they're pretty straightforward. They and regardless are. of if yeah. I have a I have a five-star thing or if I have certification, whatever. I've drank a lot of bourbon. I was a mixologist. I talked to a lot of people. I I enjoy reviewing bourbon and we review it specifically. So you're not going out and spending $80, $50 on a bottle and going, uh, should I? Ooh, Ooh, you know what? Continue. I was just, yeah, yeah. you yeah. guys don't know how much this, this is delicious. Was. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so that's why I want to move on to our bourbon review. And again, we I need like Bruce Buffer. It's <laughs> I will say, man, Smoke Wagon has is tried and true, man. Dude, it, I, it is never disappoint. So the good. reason why never disappoint. Overall, it is my favorite bourbon to drink. Any of yep. them, yeah. I and it not, may not have a history. It no, might not have any a, of them. It is delicious. It doesn't matter. Mm. It's delicious. I I've had now five different Smoke Wagons. I love all. You have you have a party or you mm -hmm. want to invite me over for some bourbon? You got Smoke Wagon? I'm going to say I, yes. I'm just saying. So now. Now that it now that it has been open, and in all honesty, I, the reason I out so you guys know after after we we get off, we all share JC's pour out of this glass here. Yep, and it's really cool because this glass has not been touched and it's been open the entire episode every time. So we all do get that flavor rather than just pouring it, and it is so important. And you guys have heard us talk about it on on all episodes that you let the bourbon open. And I will say, you guys go back to the beginning. I was like, I can't wait for this to open. Yeah, I can't wait for it to open. That at first, that that pepper flavor was a little bit light for me, and mm -hmm. it was eh. But as I've been sipping on it, that burn that was at the front end, pepper. Yep. Right at okay. right at the first, right when it hits your tongue during the sip, you get the spices, you get the pepper. Then it goes to that butter, that sweetness mm -hmm. to it, and then it finishes off with a little bit of the heat and a little bit more of those floral, chocolatey notes for sure. So as it opened for me, mm -hmm. it went. It morphed into. The best way I could describe it, condensed milk, sweetened condensed milk on toasted bread. 
Ooh. weird. That's what came to mind for me. Okay. It was like okay. toast, toast, toast with condensed bread. milk, sweet condensed milk. It is weird. It, it was. It's it's nope. good it's bourbon. Good. It's delicious. I'm I'm just gonna go say yes. that. I would say that this bourbon, the complexity matches mm-hmm. the complexity of the topic today. Yes, so I'm glad that we drank it. Yes, me like, too. 100. There's like a it. lot happening, and in at the end of the day, there's mm-hmm. a result. The result's great, and we we get to appreciate it. So yeah. I'm excited. Thanks. Absolutely, yeah. it, it was really good. So I'm gonna go ahead and start out with the rock rating. I'm gonna get because of because of the smoke rank and because I know how I feel about it. I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a three, a, mm-hmm. a three rock on it. Um, the only reason I give it a three and it's not higher up is now because we've had bourbons. That mm-hmm. have that have definitely come through and gone. I got something to show you, right? Yeah. And Smoke Wagon is tried and true. What was the last one and a half we gave? Oh man, was it Elijah Craig Barrel Proof? Was it? I think the so. Private? I think no, so. No, no. Private pick. It was. Uh, um, either way, we'll, we'll, we'll figure out. We gave it one and a half. We did, we did. because it because it blew us away. Yes. What, whatever I can't remember what it is now, but to, to the point, Nearest. it might have been that one. No, no, no. Well, yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll figure back. it out. We'll figure it yeah. out for you guys. Yes. I'll clip it in. I'll yep. put it into the, the after. But um, Smoke Wagon, yeah, definitely giving this a three just because they are steady. They, it, it's consistent. The flavor is phenomenal. But at the same time, there are there are bourbons that I, I know could could compete against it for a lower mm-hmm. cost. Yep. Uh, Wait, what is the cost? Well, I mean, we'll give the rating first. Okay. <laughs> but that's going to that's gonna determine my rating. Well. Then maybe we change it after I tell you how much it was. Okay. Maybe I will. Uh, no, I, I agree. I'm going to go with a three. Only because I know the one and a half we give. I, God, I can't remember what it was. was just phenomenal. Yeah, but yeah. when you're talking about like steady Eddie, I'm going to go and I want to impress some people with some bourbon. I'm meeting somebody. We're doing a bourbon taste for the first time. Yeah. It, this is great. Any right? smoke wagon. And it's smoke wagon. Any. Fantastic. Uh, three. I am going to go ahead with the three as well, just because there's a history behind uh, Smoke Wagon for me. It's It really is a great, great bourbon just mm-hmm. to sip on. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked, it opened up different complexities. I, I enjoy it. The reason I didn't give it a two or even better, just because there's that unicorn that we're going to be like, that's a yep. one, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's damn near there, though. Yeah, It's a good bourbon. Yep. All right, Jim, drop, drop the price? price on it. 54 bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad at all. It, nope. It's, that still give it. It's cheaper than the. Three, two and a half. It's, yep. it's a good. It's, it's cheaper good, than the. Uh, it's a good ride. Single barrel. Well, and that's. Uh, uh, wait, hold on. Whole different point there. Forgot this was a rye. Yep. It is a rye. The, there is. Ryes are spicy. By I, the way. Well, not only that, the bite on this as a rye is little Dirt. to nothing. Yeah. That's incredible. It's kind of like the larceny weeded, mm-hmm. super smooth. Yeah. This is the version of that. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. four bucks for a rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could you could put this old fashioned easy. No, drink it straight. Easy. It's not a. Yeah, it's a I'm, rye. Yeah. Man, I couldn't do baby. a blind. I couldn't do a blind taste this on this and say it was a rye. It's yeah. too. It's too no, sweet it's too for smooth. a rye. It's too smooth. Yeah. Yeah. too sweet. Too yep. smooth. Ryes yeah. are, are really spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hands down, hand hands out to you, Smoke Wagon. You did phenomenal on this one. You you know what? Hey, Smoke Wagon. Sponsor us. Yes, yeah. please. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> you want to fly us out to Vegas? We'll do a podcast in your Rick House. Down. Oh, just say all day down. long. I please no. do. I will not say no. So my favorite spirit to do in old fashioned is actually a rye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Oh, yeah. Well, that's Templeton. Absolutely. Templeton's rye is like my favorite, but this mm-hmm. one would probably lend itself better. Have, we haven't done Templeton, actually. Mm-hmm. It'd be better 
flavor wise because yes. it, it has the complexity and the sweetness mm-hmm. and maybe less simple syrup. Yep. This is good. I've, I've never done one with Hey, with also, this. just real quick side note. I can put my feet you can put your feet up again. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on it, another episode. Thank you. Like, follow, subscribe. Yep. Let us know what you guys think. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed today's episode. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. Cheers. Sorry for the confusion or the clarification. <laughs> we love you guys. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and for the video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Mile High Perspective.